reading today is from the book of Ephesians. It's a letter by Paul sent to the Ephesians, which is essentially a prayer for the Ephesian church, a, uh, a prayer of much power and encouragement and really very beautiful. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Story Sunday. Today we are blessed to uh, be hearing the stories of three courageous people who are um, going to share a little bit about how God is working in their lives. They're different stories. No two stories are the same, but they share a common thread. The God is there at the middle of their lives, walking alongside, sometimes felt and sometimes we don't feel his presence, but he is always there whether we know it or not. Today we'll hear some personal stories from members of our congregation, Kelly Burmeister, Lisa Robertson and Robert Adams. Sometimes it helps us to hear other people's stories. It helps us to not only share the ups and downs, but it also helps us to hear God's promises played out in our daily lives. And also to reflect and help, and help us to see where God has been work at work in our own lives. Our scripture today that Roger read points to three areas where we sometimes see God at work. So in verse 16, it looks at, Paul talks about how God strengthens us. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in our inner being. In verses 18 to 19 of today's scripture, it talks about experiencing God's love. It says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And verse 20 refers to God's power working in our lives both personally and also his power working in the church corporately as we work together, relying on God's strength. That's how God is able to work through the church beyond what we think is humanly possible. Verse 20 says, 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And so I would like to invite Kelly Burmeister up to come and share with us. Thanks, Kelly. Give her a bit of a round of applause and encouragement. Thanks, Kelly. Have a seat. So, Kelly, I would love to um, invite you to share a little bit about who you are and just to give us a snapshot of, um, of the sense of who you are. And then I invite you to share about how God has been at work in your life, how God has strengthened you, shown his love and his power in your life. Wow. <laughs> um, you heard about butterflies in the stomach. I've got kangaroos in my stomach at the moment, so it's a bit silly because you're all friends. Um, so I suppose I'll just start with my testimony just to reveal a little bit about um, God strengthening in my life uh, the end of 2006. We, my husband and I and family, left Endeavour Hills, a beautiful heritage listed home that was our promise home. We uh, felt very strongly this was our promise from God to us for our family. We'd come from Dufton, a little housing commission home with no backyard for four boys. So we needed a backyard, and so that was our provision. But after 10 years, um, uh, my husband left his work and went to Wobble Wogger up in Bush, New South Wales, uh, to get a job as an IT lecturer. And I didn't want to move. I found it very, very hard. I would have, in the move, I would, we've left our eldest son to go for his first year into university. So for a mother with four boys, I did not want to move. It was very, very hard for me. I struggled incredibly. But at the end of 2006, we sold our beautiful home and got a lot of money for it. So that was great. Because suddenly I felt that um, it was only my husband who really did work full time. So we always struggled uh, financially. Uh, so it was great, we had money in the bank. So I shifted up quite nicely to Wagga Wagga and we got a, a lovely rental home in Wagga and settled the boys in the local Christian school. So everything really well, went well until 2008. And if you who know a bit about 2008, it was a big financial crisis and we had all our money linked in the stock market. So straight down. So my escape route back to Melbourne, which is what my husband had promised me, that when he finished his PhD that we would come back to Melbourne. So I was always looking back at that promise uh, and never ever, I knew now that was gone, uh, that we were to stay in Wagga indefinitely. So from 2008 um, to about 2011, things started unravelling, unfortunately, in many ways for us in our marriage. Until uh, the end of 2011, um, went through a really, really bad stage. Uh, I remember a preacher saying, uh, to the congregation that divorce uh, separation is like cutting off the arm. I think that was more like cutting off the head. It was a terrible, terrible time for me and for our family. Um, but at the end of 2011, or back a little bit more, uh, 2010, I have my testimony of years, it's interesting, isn't it? 2010, I knew even though in my dark depression that God had given me salvation and he was within me, even though I didn't feel it, he was a long, long way away. I knew that uh, there was a time in my life where I became born again of the Spirit of God. So I knew he was real. So I took my Bible out and started reading. And from Joel, he gave me a promise that he was going to fill me again. He was going to provide for me. Well, of course, I automatically thought finances. Yep, God was going to <laughs> enable me 
to have money again. Well, that was very, very limiting on God. Uh, so end of 2011, I started feeling a stirring in my spirit that things were getting better. And uh, I remember a friend of mine, I was working at a medical reception uh, place in Wagga Wagga, and a doctor friend said to me, Kelly, there's a, a really good preacher in this Baptist church in Wagga, you need to go and hear him. Well, I was never, sorry, all you great budding preachers, never really interested in preachers and never interested in hearing what the Spirit of God was saying through them. I mean, I didn't really need preachers. There were some good sermons, but I wasn't really interested. So I thought, well, I'm not going to go. And uh, But she kept persisting. And then finally I thought, well, this dusty old Baptist church that all I could see was cobwebs and the people I knew that went there were pretty dry. And I thought, hmm, okay, I'll give it a go. So I went to this Baptist church, and sure enough, there was a lot of old people, and all the chairs are very old, and it, uh, yeah, it proved me right. I could see the cobwebs in the corner, and so I went in there, and I sat down, and uh, I, unfortunately, uh, we were going through our separation at that time, and I thought that I was going to get my dues, and I was going to get my houses, and I'm going to get my finance, and I'm going to do, I was in this marriage for a long time, and so I was going to do, get what was owed to me. Um, even though I had my Bible in my hand and uh, yeah, I thought I was doing the right thing. So I walked into that church, I sat down, preacher got up and the Holy Spirit fell. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was working in my life in a dramatic way because I started crying. I wept and I wept and I wept. And I wept because God was just doing, starting to do an incredible work in my life and he was providing for me and he was releasing me from all that I need this. This is what I am owed. This is what I need. He was releasing from that and he was working in me and saying, I am your provider. I am very near. I am going to be with you. Now, it didn't work out that I'm going to be with you, that our marriage stayed together. Through circumstances, our marriage didn't stay together. That was very difficult for me then to move from our family home into a rental home because my family was everything to me. I was a mum. I was a wife. It was the centre of my being. And so to let all that go and to trust God was a huge step for me. That he was really, really close to me. And so I moved out into a rental property that somebody else was in. And uh, he allowed me to stay there. And he actually subletted it to me. And all he, when he went down to Melbourne, this fellow was a friend of my son's. He left all his furniture to me. He didn't want it anymore. So the unit was not only... Um, subsidised by my friend's son, uh, my, my son's friend, but also all the furniture there was left to me. So I didn't need to take any furniture from my family home, which I didn't want to, because my youngest son was still there doing his BCE, my other sons had gone down to Melbourne. So then for the next three years in Wagga, God took me through a time of incredible training, and I learned to trust him, and I needed to trust him, because... Um, I didn't have anyone else to rely on. I didn't have a, a bank account where a husband's finance was going to that bank. I had to rely very, very closely on God. And God did. He provided so many ways. And I went from house to house. I moved in Wagga in those three years, about six houses. And every time it came to the end, I never advertised I needed to go. Something opened up for me, and it was just beautiful. But the end of 2014... Wagga Wagga was close to me. And that was very hard. Wagga was terrible to me for a time, and then Wagga was like an oasis to me because I didn't want to leave Wagga Wagga. My boys had all come down to Melbourne, and they were saying, Mum, Mum, why are you still in Wagga? And Wagga was an oasis to me. That's where God was. But he was moving me on. So from Wagga, God called me over to Chicago. And I spent six months in Chicago 
fellowshipping with my brother, who's not a Christian, but it was beautiful because we had a lovely time of bonding and getting to know so many beautiful American Christians over there. I came back after six months. I stayed with two of my boys in South Yarra. They all live over the other side of the bridge. So I stayed with two of them for about six weeks cooking for them, and I thought they loved it, and I think they did initially, but then I started impinging upon their lifestyle. It's like, Mum, get on your horse, you need to go. Well, I didn't have anywhere else to go. I learned that God was going to open the doors I didn't need to push. That's the way he was leading me. But a friend, before I'd gone to Chicago, had said to me, Kelly, if you ever need a place to stay, and she's in Newport, come out and stay with me. I didn't really want to go there because she had a lot of emotional issues. But no one else had offered. So I rang her when I came back and just said, I'm back. And she, of course, said straight away, come and stay with me. So I fairly reluctantly came and stayed with her. But that was lasted only seven weeks. But within that seven weeks, I had walked down uh, the, the, the uh, what do you call it, Ducks Parade and come across this little church and come across Williamstown. Wow, I heard about Williamstown, but I'd never experienced Williamstown. I thought, this is fantastic. So after staying seven weeks with my friend, um, I then moved in with another friend until we found a unit for me in Williamstown. And in this time, the boys are coming to visit me over that long bridge, a long way from the suburbs over the other side to Williamstown. And uh, they didn't come an awful lot because it was a long way to come. But um, in that time, my eldest son had sort of liked the western suburbs. And so two years ago, he and his wife said to me, Mum, we're going to buy a house in Yarrabal. I hope you're not going to move anytime soon. <laughs> so they did. They bought a house in Yarrabal. And within six months, my daughter-in-law's sister uh, had actually met the real estate agent who sold the house to my son and daughter-in-law. And they got pally and got together, and they now live in Seddon from Richmond. And then, um, I've got to hurry up, sorry. And then uh, my daughter-in-law's parents have just recently moved from Port Melbourne to Seddon to Yarrabal. So now it's not so far for the family to come over and visit their mother, and, uh, and everyone's coming over to the western suburbs. So I think that's just lovely. Kelly, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I can just really see how God provides housing for you over, over those years. And perhaps you can tell us in just a couple of sentences um, where God is uh, leading you at the moment. Well, at the moment, I've just, um, well, I've welcomed my new grandchild, my little girl, my little granddaughter. She's absolutely beautiful. So my world is my granddaughter at the moment. I can't stop going over and seeing her. It's just beautiful. Uh, so everything else is in the shadow of my granddaughter, but I've also started full-time studies, uh, theological studies at Stirling College, which is a real challenge for me intellectually, and uh, also technology is a bit of a challenge for me too. So, yeah, um, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Thank you, Kelly. Um, I, I'd like to pray for Kelly, so if you all join me in prayer. Um, I'm just going to wait. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Kelly. We thank you for being there throughout her life, providing for her and uh, showing her that you, God, are always there in her housing, in her finances, in her family, Lord. And we, Lord, we pray for peace for Kelly, for peace for the direction in which she's going now, for peace for her studies and the, the technology that faces her and her um, and to build her up with her with her studies and the intellectual um, aspect of study, Lord. We, we really pray for that. We, Kelly has got such a 
um, an intelligent and curious mind, Lord, and we know that you're going to use that um, for real good, Lord. And we pray for Hannah Taylor, Kelly's um, new baby granddaughter, and we trust, Lord, that you um, will love Kelly and her family uh, continuously um, without judgment for always. In your good name, Lord, we pray. Amen. It's a big ask to get someone to come up here and share their stories. And we are very grateful and very blessed. Thank you. So Lisa, I invite you to share a little bit about who you are so that we can know you better and about how God is working in your life, how he has shown you his love and how he strengthens you and how he shows his power in your life. So it's actually been about three years since I've been up here before. Uh, so quite a lot's happened in those last three years, but um, I think just to for those who didn't actually hear me three years ago, I I had a little bit of churchy stuff when I was young with Sunday school and girls brigade and things like that, um, and then really didn't have anything until. You know, every now and then I'd go to church maybe once every three years for a Christmas service that we could sing songs and things because that was fun. Um, and then uh, 2014, my marriage broke down and so in desperation one night I asked God for help. It was, you know, didn't really have anything else to lose. Go to God, last resort. And what do I do, God? And suddenly I feel this amazing love that's so deep, so wide, just like in that first um, Invite me a love that I've never ever felt before, which was really, you know, the answer to everything, really. What do I do? You love, that's about all you can do. Um, so that was kind of what got me back into church and then when my marriage did break down and my kids would go away for the weekend, every second weekend, I started coming to church. So that was about March 2015 and just like Kelly said, I would sit there and get overtaken by the spirit and would cry my eyes out and then I'd go back to my car and cry for five minutes before I could even drive again. And it was sort of it was relief, and it was just knowing that God was there, not judging you, and giving you support, support you needed, and you being there. So that was amazing, really. Um, and then there was the forgiveness thing. How do you forgive a husband that's actually done duty on you? Um, so then I'm in church one day and we're singing one of the songs and I'm looking up at the cross and I see in my mind God, Jesus on the cross with people persecuting him and then I saw myself on the cross being Jesus and how Jesus must have felt and he was being persecuted but he still loved them and he was feeling compassion for all the people so that kind of gave me the answer to how you forgive and you know you don't you still love the people 
you still have compassion. And Jesus said, forgive them for they not know what they do. So anyway, so that was amazing. Um, fast forward, 2017. I was just in the car searching for something else on the radio other than mainstream radio that doesn't really mean anything. And I thought, I'll just try it again and see if I can find ABC. Well, I didn't. The first radio station I got to was um, Vision Radio. And I don't know if anybody knows much about Vision. Nobody I talk to seems to know about it very much. Um, it's um, Community Radio Australia, and they're trying to get into all the rural areas. Um, it's all not-for-profit, so every six months they have a vision of long where they raise money to keep going. And it's amazing, you know, so every time I'm in the car, I have, a, have the radio on vision. Um, has a lot of the songs we sing, has, um, you know, just a wonderful discussion and, and stuff. So if anybody wants to know about vision, and what number it is, you can see me. Um, so that's been fantastic. So if I don't make it to church, I've still got God there every day. Um, Another way God has worked in my life, he led me to my new partner, Cam, who all of you have met. It was a friend who introduced us, who has never done that before. She said, I don't know why I did it, I just, it just kind of came to me and I've never done it before, so I think that was God working through her. And then the next thing that came up was last year. I, was, I needed to sell my house, it was too big had a pool, huge garden. Um, this is a really daunting kind of thing to do with, <laughs> with um, kids and, you know. So I asked God, how am I going to do this? I'm going to need some help. So after church one day, we rounded the corner, just around the house, uh, corner from my house, and there's this house that I knew was for sale, and I kind of thought, oh, I'm not ready. I wasn't going to sell to the end of the year. And this house open home had just started, and I went, let's stop. We stop, we go in, ticks all the boxes. Um, and then I was going, oh, I'm not ready. We've got things to do in the house. And Cam just plants the little seed. It's ticks all the boxes. It's amazing. So we both took two weeks off work, got all the things done in my house, got it up for sale in two weeks. And... I'm now in a smaller house, which is fantastic. It's brought the whole family together. Um, it's much smaller. We're not spread out all over the place. And that was God showing me that house. And when I made the decision to, to buy the house, put an offer in, I just had this overwhelming feeling that God was in the background there. I just felt huge faith and that I knew the outcome would be fine. Um, and that was God in there. So that's been amazing. Thank you, Lisa. I'd like to pray for you today, Lisa, and everyone combined. <coughs> Some of you may know that um, Lisa's health wasn't so great a while ago, and so we're going to pray for that as well. Lord God, we thank you for Lisa. We thank you for her incredible story and her incredible journey with you walking alongside her, Lord. 
Lord, we pray for her health. Lord, we pray for her continued recovery. And we pray for her children and her family who are now closely together in her new home. We pray for their health too, Lord, for your protection over them all. And Lord, we pray for Lisa's relationships, Lord. And we pray for her vision of you, Lord, and for her vision of herself on the cross, Lord, and that miraculous moment of understanding of forgiveness, Lord. We all learn from you, Lord, and we are grateful. In your good and merciful name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Lisa. Our third speaker today is Robert Adams, who many of you may already know through his work at Helping Hand Cafe, but also through his um, charismatic personality. <laughs> Rob has been asked by our three previous ministers to this church to share his story, and he has always said no. But on Megan's final day before she went on leave, she asked him again. And then, in a moment of weakness, Rob... <laughs> shook her hand, and a handshake is a promise. <laughs> so today we have the privilege of witnessing a video, um, a, a video interview with Rob, filmed a couple of weeks ago. I'll give you a little bit of a context for, um, for what you're about to see. Rob's been running Helping Hand Cafe for the last 14 years, and in, through this important ministry, he's served over 31,000 meals to people in need. The cafe runs out of our hall each Tuesday, and Rob has a team of around 11 volunteers who are currently uh, serving alongside him. People come to cafe from all walks of life, from babies up to the elderly, um, people who are isolated, lonely, people suffering from illness, drug abuse, um, mental Ill health issues, unemployment and homelessness. And Rob himself has a heart for this kind of work as he has himself experienced significant suffering and challenge and can relate to many people who come to cafe. Rob says his faith gets him through. A while ago, Rob gave me a piece of paper that shows a list of 19 people that have passed away in Rob's family starting when he was aged 12. It's a snapshot of heartache and it's a starting point to understand a bit about Rob's life and some of the things he's experienced. Life in a boy's home life on the street, life in prison, significant illnesses. And it also gives us an indication of the kind of strength that is required for someone to come out the other side. The kind of strength that only God can give. Hello, everybody. I didn't hear his answer that.
사람들 정말 손에 그만두고 슬프지. 
and stay safe on the road. And at the end, we both say amen. And it's good that she does that, you know. It makes me feel better. Um, I don't um, pray that out loud. I keep it to myself. But you've told me that you pray every night, Rob. Yeah, I do. In my room, yeah. I will pray for the church, I will pray for help me in my days. I pray for my family that's left. Um, I pray for my nieces and nephews, my great nieces and nephews. Great, great, cool. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I do that every night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. When I um, do the cafe, there's a lot of steps yeah. that people don't see yeah. behind the scenes, you know, and you get to know the people that come in, you know what moods they're in, yeah. and you have to keep an eye on them. And at the end of the day, I stop and think, thanks all for letting me get through this day, you know, and there's no trouble, and the volunteers are safe, and everybody is there to save. Friendship and care about people. Yeah. So much to care. Yeah. It lets me get through the day. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I should have been there a long time ago with everything that's been happening to me. But I'm still going, so. Where do you reckon you'd be if you didn't believe in Jesus? There.
Lord, we pray for his health. We pray that you continue to, um, to help him recover from all his, all his various illnesses, Lord. And we pray for his ministry in Helping Hand Cafe, Lord, that you continue to strengthen cafe volunteers and patrons um, in this really important work. Lord, we pray for Rob and all his family and all those who love and support him, Lord. We pray for his relationships, Lord, and we pray for his relationship with you, Lord. In your good and gracious name, amen. Thank you. Look at the time, everyone. Um, thank you to Kelly and Lisa and Rob. Um, we have been encouraged by you and by your walk with Jesus. And I encourage us all to ask ourselves, where do we see God at work in our lives? Where do we see his love and his strength and his power? Let's choose to see God. And let's choose to acknowledge his work choose to see that he is working for our good.